What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Big League Chewing, a baseball podcast. My name is Mike Brown. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, the World Series came to an end last night. Dodgers finally did it uh, in what was a crazy shortened season. Um, the Dodgers, after three trips to the World Series in the last four years, eight consecutive uh, division titles, pull off uh, a World Series victory. Um, they were kind of the Atlanta Braves of the the 2010s, and like the Braves uh, who made World Series appearance, appearances in, uh, I believe, 91-92, did not win came back in 95 against the Indians, ended up winning that. Uh, seems like third time is was the charm then, and seems like third time <clears throat> is the charm here for the Dodgers. Crazy World Series all the way around. Uh, you had the uh, walk-off on Saturday night with the Rays walking off on a little single to the outfield by... Brett Phillips of the Rays, uh, Randy Rosarena ends up scoring from first base, stumbles around th- uh, while turning around while turning the corner on third. Uh, the relay throw comes in from Muncie to, I believe it was Will Smith. I was catching Will Smith drops the ball, is unaware of a Rosarena falling, and then a Rosarena kind of picks himself up and kind of slide slide stumbles into home, scoring the winning run. And at that point, that tied the series at two games apiece. Dodgers end up winning game five, which Kershaw pitched uh, a very capable game, very good game. And game six, uh, Rosarena kind of led off with a home run, which he did all postseason. But that was about it for the Rays. Um, And what looked like um, a very, well, which was a very close game for about six innings. Um, Rays had the lead. Blake Snell with a commanding performance, uh, a very special World Series performance. Goes five and a third, nine strikeouts, no walks, two hits, and one run allowed. Very controversial pull of him in that sixth inning. Let's the leadoff guy get on with a base hit. Nothing was hit particularly hard against him. He was cruising. I believe he was at 73 pitches through five and a third. Um, But Kevin Cash decided to uh, rest on the analytics, rest on basically what the script uh, said, even though in post-game conference, I believe he said that there was no script, uh, which is hard to believe, um, which just seemed very scripted. Um, And Nick Anderson comes in and gives up a immediately gives up an RBI uh, or a, sorry a double to Mookie Betts um a couple little knocks here later um and the Dodgers end up ha- taking a 2-1 lead in the bottom of the 6th uh some heads up base running by Mookie Betts who really has just been at the front and center of this Dodgers postseason um making incredible grabs in the outfield playing incredible defense Incredible base running. Uh, he had multiple stolen bases this World Series. Um, heads up base running, speed, power. Um, so the Rays don't squeak across another run. Uh, Mookie Betts adds a, a solo home run in the bottom of the eighth to make it 3-1, three, three, and that pretty much sealed it. Uh, Julio Urias, I believe, pitched the last two innings for the Dodgers and was 
dominant. He was a uh, he was dominant kind of all postseason long. He had four strikeouts and two and a third innings in this last game seven. Uh, sorry, in this last game six uh, to seal it for the Dodgers and uh, first championship in thirty two years. But it's uh, you know you turn the page and um, you wake up in the morning or you kind of see almost immediately actually that there's obviously some controversy around this game there's the controversy of kevin cash uh pulling snell um and then there's the controversy of justin turner who apparently had to be pulled uh in the eighth inning of game six because of a positive COVID test that came back um so he wasn't on the field when they clinched the final out but he did uh what seems to be against league orders uh for him to isolate he did return um as celebrations were happening on the field uh at one point you see him walking around in the dugout with a mask on hugging players there's a point where he walks onto the field still with mask on and then there's a point where he takes his mask off uh takes some photos with the team with his mask off and also kisses his wife with a mask off uh so (laughs) really kind of crazy um crazy crazy thing um you know the the league mlb went i think over a month without any positive COVID tests made it through the playoffs nice and clean it's just kind of ironic that in the last game of the world series a player would 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 receive a positive test be pulled and then um i guess have the uh the guts or the stupidity or the i don't know what you want to call it but um basically willing himself back onto the field against league orders and celebrating with his team and potentially risking uh, spreading uh, his infection to other players, other family members. Um, So, yeah, a really weird twist of events. A lot of people are reacting very negatively to this on Twitter, um, as you would as you would imagine. Um, MLB is going to proceed with an investigation into the Turner positive test and him subsequently uh, basically not isolating himself and celebrating with his team. Um, it's it's crazy. The Dodgers, you know, uh, can celebrate this victory, obviously, but there's uh, the narratives the next day were not, um, at least what I've seen on Twitter and just in general, the narrative was uh, how could Cash pull Snell after five and a third amazing innings um, and what was Justin Turner thinking, <laughs> uh, celebrating with his teammates after a positive COVID test? Uh, it seems like the Dodgers can't get away with just celebrating this and really kind of savoring it. Um, I'm sure the players are on an individual basis, but it seems like the press narrative and kind of the narrative on social media right now is uh, this World Series is kind of shrouded now in uh, the Justin Turner thing and, and uh, Kevin Cash's huge uh, blunder. Um, with, you know, the Rays obviously leaning a lot on analytics. They're a great team. That's kind of how they got to the World Series in the first place. Um, that's how the Dodgers got to the World Series. Uh, you know, both teams are built heavily on analytics. Um, you know, they've turned, um, guy, you know, with the, in the Dodgers case, they've turned guys like Max Muncy and uh, Chris Taylor, um, you know, a few other guys into – great everyday players um justin turner you know obviously when before he was on the mets and goes to the dodgers and he's an all-star you know a top five top six third baseman in the league at one point 
So these teams are based heavily on ad- in analytics. You know, you look at the Rays. Um, they just give these guys like a Mike Brasso and a Mike Zunino and, you know, Austin Meadows and uh, Yandy Diaz. They just give these guys chances. Uh, G-Man Choi, who before joining the Rays, had kind of part-time roles with the Angels and the Yankees, I believe. Um, so they just created an, an, an atmosphere and an environment for these guys to kind of thrive, um, give them a chance. Uh, but yeah, you can't can't really understand how uh, how this made any sense for Kevin Cash to pull Snell when he did. Also, considering the fact that uh, a couple games previous, or maybe I think it was Game Five, uh, Tyler Glasnow threw like 112 pitches. Uh, seemed like his arm was going to fall off. Pitched half, you know, half as effectively as Snell did last night. But yet the Rays leave him in, but yet have the short leash with Snell doesn't make too much sense um the outcry on twitter right now is you know some of them some folks are saying enough is enough with the analytics you gotta go with your gut in some instances and yeah i mean you gotta kind of throw away the script in the world series uh to a certain extent the numbers are there to help you more information is more information obviously but if you see something with your eyes that obviously snell is cruising uh, he's coming up to the top of the lineup after he gives up that leadoff single in the sixth, um, and going up against the top, a top of the lineup that was 0 for six against him. Um, you know, you think back to the Madison Bumgarner performances in 2015 against the Royals and throughout that postseason where he basically carried the team on his back. I can imagine Bruce Bochy kind of yanking Bumgarner uh, <laughs> at any point. Um, and this Snell performance in Game Six was was Bumgarner esque. Um, pitched very very well, um, and of course Snell now has to be kind of very upset, very heartbroken. Um, you know, it's it's kind of sad. Um, so we'll 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 see what happens. We'll see what develops with this Justin Turner investigation. Uh, we'll see what happens with Blake Snell. Obviously, it'll be interesting to see him and his usage next season with the Rays. Um, you know, if this was another sport, I would probably bet that Snell would demand a trade. Uh, you know, maybe he will demand a trade. I, I just, I just, I, I, I struggle to see him being happy, <laughs> being happy with, with, uh, the front office and, and Kevin Cash at this point and, and moving forward, you know, um, they, they didn't trust him. They didn't trust his stuff. Um, so a hard pill to swallow for the Rays. Dodgers are world champions in in 2020. Um, so that will about do it for this episode. Just wanted to get in, kind of put my thoughts down on this Dodger team. Um, it's crazy to think that they finally did it. You know, I grew up in Southern California, an Angels fan, as I've brought up previously on the podcast. Um, but, you know, always grew up in the shadow of, of the Dodgers and, and what they were doing. Um, you know, I remember growing up as a little as a little kid and remembering kind of uh, the Nomo mania days in terms of uh, Hideo Nomo, the mid 90s coming over and, and pitching his heart out and pitching really well for the White uh, Sorry, for the White Sox, for the for the Dodgers. Um, you know, I remember guys like Eric Karros and and uh, Tom Candiotti. Um, Ramon and Pedro Martinez very early on, but I vaguely remember that. But um, yeah, guys like Candiotti and 
uh, you know, moving up through that period, Eric Caros, Raul Mondesi, uh, I think Todd Zeal, I remember him being a third baseman for the Dodgers at one point, uh, up through kind of the early 2000s. Um, yeah, Chad Billingsley, uh, up until kind of the current era with Clayton Kershaw and all the guys that have played for the Dodgers in this time, you know, Dee Gordon, Rafael Fercal, uh, all these kind of guys that, that have come through this, the organization and uh, were really good teams. Uh, you had the Manny Wood period in the late, late 2000s. Um, uh, uh, Casey Blake, just trying to think of guys here that have, uh, that have um, been part of the Dodgers over the last 20, 25 years. Um, which have had some good teams, you know, for a while I was thinking there that the mid, that those mid 2010 Dodger teams was Zach Greinke and Kershaw kind of in the middle of his like really kind of iconic years. Um, surprised that they didn't do it, but, and you know, this team did it. Um, they finally did it. And I have a lot of friends that are Dodger fans, um, who have been waiting for this for a long time. I've been to a ton of games at Chavez Ravine, some to watch the angels Dodgers, some just to watch the Dodgers pitch, or sorry, watch the Dodgers play. Um, it's a great park. Uh, fans are okay. <laughs> fans are okay. Um, but yeah, got a lot of friends that are fans. So big shout out to them. A uh, lot of respect for this team. Happy to see that they did it. Um, and, you know, they have a lot left in them. You know, obviously you see a guy like Will Smith come up. Um Gavin Lux, not sure what his deal was, but surprisingly was kind of missing uh, on the big league roster. I think he was in the the second site, I think, for most of the season. Um, but we'll see what role he plays in the future. Um, and they got this young core still. You know, obviously they got Mookie Betts signed up for the next thousand years, and uh, he's going to put up the numbers he did, he, he he has and will. Um, and he was kind of the missing piece, you know, all through this postseason, you saw the effect that he has on a game with his speed, with his power, with his defense in the outfield, in the right, in right field. Um, I think it was Dave Roberts that said he's the best right fielder he's ever seen. Um, some of the, some of the, uh, the catches he makes are really spectacular. Even when he like gets a bad read on a ball, he kind of def he, he like kind of over he kind of compensates for that and makes a leaping catch. Or if he's running a bad route, he'll still like leap up and able to be able to get the ball. Um, just a crazy athlete, um, good guy, solid guy. It just seems like a really just solid, humble um, guy. Yeah, I mean, I was watching kind of the 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 uh, the celebration last night on field and I think he was carrying his daughter um next to his wife and he was just very he looked very calm um and just kind of content and just like it was another day in the office kind of kind of vibe um you know he seems kind of like that kind of guy I mean obviously he gets kind of amped up when he hits like you know big homers and and gets his team pumped up or when he makes an incredible catch he gets pumped up but he just won the World Series, and it looked like, uh, you know, holding his kid there was just another day at the office. So, uh, a heck of a player. Um, can't say enough about him. Um, and the supporting cast of the Dodgers, Corey Seager, uh, you know, talked about Will Smith, Max Muncy, uh, A.J. Pollock played a big role, hit a bunch of homers in the regular season. Um, 
Jock Peterson had a hell of a World Series. I think he got a couple uh, big homers in the World Series. So, um, yeah, it's uh, they've been my pick to win the World Series for about four years now, three or four years. Finally did it in 2020. So that'll do it for this episode. A uh, little World Series recap. Wanted to get on and just kind of share my thoughts. So as the postseason comes back, uh, or sorry, as the offseason is upon us now, I'll be bringing back a lot of the guests that I've usually had, uh, a lot of kind of bloggers and podcasters for various teams that I've had before on to kind of give, uh, give a little update into how their teams are doing, what they kind of project for their team going into the 2021 season, uh, if they think uh, we'll get a full-length season, you know, what rules will stay, what, what rules might leave. Um, so I have plenty of insight from around the league. Hopefully get some new guys in, uh, some new podcasters, new bloggers in from some different teams that I've yet to cover on a big league chewing. But that'll do it. So thank you so much for tuning in. As always, you can find me on Twitter at uh, ChewingCast. You can find me on Instagram at Big League Chewing. And I will see you guys very soon. <laughs>